Hello and welcome to the Groove Sofa podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Lucy. And together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us. Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss, but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Groove Sofa podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Lee, whose mum died at the beginning of the pandemic. Lee talks about the impact of grieving throughout lockdown and discusses the restrictions and the impact that they had on his family. We hear some poignant and lovely memories and we laugh and cry through the motions. So I'm Lee. I grew up in North Cornwall where I lived until I was 21 and then I moved to Bristol and I've been living in Bristol for five years. I first moved to Bristol to go to university and and now I work in Bristol. I lost my mum a year and a half ago um, and yeah right at the beginning of the the pandemic um, and that was really hard and I thought I'd I'd come on this podcast while well, I was invited on but I'd come on to um, share my experience and hopefully in in some way people can relate to the experiences and hopefully help them through any any grief process that, that they're going through. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, gosh, you know, that's, it's really hard. Um, I lost my dad in June last year, so kind of like mid-pandemic, but it was really, really difficult then. How did you cope with losing your mum, like right at the beginning of all of this other change going on in the world? It was a really crazy time. <laughs> it was, everything was happening and it was all, it was, it was a lot, a lot of information to take on, like, not not considering the grief but at the beginning you know yeah it was a really bizarre bizarre time and then my mum passed and uh, the restrictions that were in place made it really difficult um yeah. the, the travel restrictions that were in place made it difficult to get to and from Cornwall from Bristol mm. um, creating a lot of distance um as well which uh, was really difficult like immediately after losing my mum yeah um, absolutely you def- you just become completely isolated don't you because you have to well you have to be away from all of the normal things that you would do you know like normally you go home and then maybe you're I'm, there for that time and you're with your friends and you're with family and then to not have any of that that must mm-hmm. be really isolating yeah it was really strange and my my immediate um, impulse was to go home and I had to stop and think well uh can, can I do that can I can I get in the car and travel yeah. home without being stopped um mm. and that that was so so bizarre like I remember thinking I've, I've lost my mum <laughs> surely I can just from home luckily it was fine um and I was able to go home and and spend time uh, with my family during that really difficult time was it quite a sudden death, your, was your mum's death? Yeah, yeah. So funnily enough, um, I'd been staying in Cornwall um, a week before. I'd been staying with my mum. And then that was when it, yeah, really became intense with COVID. Um, it was all over the news. Uh, everyone was really worrying and panic buying. Um, and... Uh, I, I went back to Bristol because they'd introduced the lockdown. Uh, and the day before I came back to Bristol, um, my mum said she was feeling really ill. Uh, she she had quite 
a chronic illness anyway. She had COPD, um, so she suffered with that for for a few years. And, and yeah, she just said she was feeling really da- like um, unwell. And then the next day she was admitted to hospital, and then three days later she died, um, which wow. was again really difficult with the hospital situation because uh, she was completely isolated. Um, no one could see her. Um, so that was really hard not, not being able to see her during those, those kind of final moments in her life. Gosh, um, I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I have goosebumps listening to you because, you know, my heart breaks. You know, we've all been living through this bonkers pandemic and I think anybody who's been bereaved at any point in their lives you know that your experience you know the experience that you and your family and your mum have had not having that dignity at the at the end of their lives and not having the time and not having the people around them you know that they love is really difficult to process yeah absolutely and particularly for my mum as well, she was very, very family uh, family orientated. Yeah, loved her family. Yeah, quite a big family as well. Um, so, yeah, it yeah, it was awful that she didn't get to see anyone in those final moments. Yeah, yeah. like as as Lucy is saying, that's like really heartbreaking. And like as you know, again, as Lucy is saying, I've got goosebumps listening to that because it's just like wait, obviously you'd never want your mum to die in any in any way at all but in that way it's just like particularly um upsetting and difficult uh for for all of you how would you sort of say like the past 18 months have been like have you been bereaved previous to losing your mum like how has grief been for you uh this one's quite a big one um actually so I lost uh my my really close friend when I was 12 years old wow Um, yeah that was that it was really different I think the way you process death as a 12 year old is completely different. I was 26 when I lost mum. So yeah, there's two different experiences with quite quite a bit of time between them. Um, but yeah, the last 18 months, just um, can even really describe it as a roller coaster. Uh, it's really up and down, uh, particularly again, what's happening in the world has really impacted that. Yeah, There's a lot of time in which a lot of us have not been able to see loved ones and friends and, and we've been confined within our houses. Um, so when you're grieving, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, yeah, so just really, really strange. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you said that you come from quite a big family. You know, how have you kind of, how have you been able to process, process losing your mum together but with that distance in place you know have you been able to kind of do nice things to remember her do you like get together and celebrate her life or I know when my dad died we couldn't have a proper funeral so we had like a well we had like 10 people at the funeral because that was the restrictions at the time I'm not even sure what it would have been right at the beginning um but have you been able to kind of celebrate her life or yeah so um, I'm really close with my my sister. Well, she's my my half sister, um, and yeah, every time we get together, we we raise a glass for mum and and we just reminisce and we we laugh and we cry and uh, yeah, just have a really nice time remembering how amazing she was 
and and how much she's impacted our, our lives um yeah the funeral situation was was really strange it was the same for for us could only have 10 people there and that's <laughs> such a difficult task like choosing it really is to, to, and and my mum like she she worked at a bar um previously uh so she knew a everyone <laughs> yeah, ridiculous <laughs> amount of people so so being the person to say oh i'm i'm really sorry but uh, you can't come because we're limited to 10 people. Um, yeah, it was awful. And yeah. and yeah, walking into to the crematorium and, and just seeing 10 people and, and knowing if the pandemic hadn't been happening, uh, that, that place would have been packed out. Like, and yeah, it was, it was kind of tragic in a way. Um, so I, I know we're, we're planning on holding a wake for her and inviting everyone uh, to to properly celebrate her life um, and remember her. Um, That's lovely. That's lovely. I definitely resonate with that feeling of kind of walking into the crematorium and like all of the chairs were separate as well. Yeah. It will be like two meters apart and um, you walk in and you're like, you, you can't help but think like, Christ, this would be so, so different if the pandemic hadn't happened. My dad also worked in hospitality. So like they are people who know everyone. You know, my parents both actually work in hospitality and they're the kind of people that you can't go out with without them bumping into someone that they know. Mm, And so, you know, the idea of not being able to have all of those people because it would have just been like hundreds of people out to celebrate their lives was really hard. And I think it's something that I'll probably always be a little bit bitter about. We are going to have something for him in June, actually. We've booked, we've booked like a memorial for him in June next year. Um, but it, it's not the same. It's just not, it's not quite the same thing. No, it um, is. I was just wondering, you know, there's going to be people listening who um, have also been bereaved in the last 18 months and will be, um, I know, resonating a lot with this kind of, the difficulty that you're talking about and that up and down but like what's the thing that's really helped you get through those darkest days you know when the roller coaster is really hitting rock bottom you know what is what's the thing that's pulling you through without sounding really cheesy um just friends and family I've been really fortunate with my friends and family um they're always within reach whenever I need them they will just drop whatever they're doing just to chat me a lot of them a lot of my friends knew my mum so uh, they they know um how important she was in my life um yeah without them i yeah my my partner at the time was was really great just uh every day she'd check in and say do you want to talk about anything um over anything and and sometimes you don't want to talk but then other times you've just got so much you want to say and not enough time to say it in it just comes out like word vomit. Um, yeah, so I was, I was really, really fortunate. And it's those people that that really got me through the last 18 months. And we are kind of blessed that we have such great technology and software that, that can really connect us to our loved ones, even though we can't physically be close together. Yeah, uh, for sure. <clears throat> like imagine if, if this pandemic had happened in the 80s and we would have just had telephone lines and been families queuing up to use the telephone <laughs> like 
to yeah. talk. Whereas, you know, we all have, you know, a smartphone in our pockets, we have laptops, um, we can contact someone within seconds. And yeah, we, we're quite fortunate in a sense. So that, that, that was really nice. So having a lot of um, get togethers with friends on, on Zoom, uh, things like that. And so that's, yeah, that's been a real lifesaver really. Yeah, definitely. I think like the connection of, of friends, like the power of, of good friends um, really does like stand out. And, and also, I don't know about you, but I found that throughout my grief, there's been certain people who I thought were going to be really there and weren't. And then also vice versa. I thought there was, you know, someone who was maybe less significant in my life that actually really came out of the, the woodwork and has been a massive support. Have you had any other friends that have been bereaved so they can relate to you? Or is this sort of a thing that you feel like you're experiencing on your own amongst your peers? It's definitely a thing that I feel like I'm experiencing alone. Um, yeah, being 26, uh, a lot of my um, a lot of my friends have. Yeah. Uh, both their parents and, yeah, sure. uh, and their loved ones. Um, a lot of my friends still have all their grandparents, which I, I just find bizarre. Um, but I... Yeah, I, I completely resonate with what you just said. It's it's so strange, isn't it? A lot of people who you'd expect to reach out sometimes don't. I, I don't blame them at this age. Um, it's yeah, it's sure. a, really, a really difficult um, subject to approach. And you, you find yourself getting quite frustrated with it. It's like, why aren't you talking about it? It's a big elephant in the room. Yeah. Mm. Just do something and... Yeah, there were people who perhaps I hadn't spoken to for quite some time who were who were reaching out and and really giving me some great words of advice and dropped things they were doing to to see me or to contact me um, and spend time with me um, just to check in and yeah that was so so nice. Oh, that is really nice. I'm so glad that you have had like that experience. And from what you were saying at the beginning of the episode as well, it sounds like that you and your half sister have got like a really good relationship. And I think like it's one of the things in grief that you just need like those couple of really solid people to support you. You know, you just need these couple of numbers in your phone to ring or to text or just to be totally honest with, because otherwise, like it's just so much to deal with on your own and, you know, you physically can't do it alone yeah absolutely yeah me me and my sister uh we we really like it's it's weird how such a tragic thing can really bring you much closer to oh yeah 100 percent yeah so yeah we really really came together and um because of the lockdown as well we spent a lot of time together like um yeah just just talking and going over stuff which was so like so nice to be able to to get all of that out that's that's one of the nice things if, if I can mm. say that that's that's resulted uh, from it's this. funny isn't it we don't like to talk about the things the good things that come out of grief because like obviously we'd rather it not have happened in the first place but like I definitely my dad was sick for a long time and we like had to nurse him at the end of his life because he was dying at home over the course of like over a week and so me and my three siblings uh like had to 
you know, had to be there. Like we had to really, really like lean on each other that week because we had to do lots of kind of very much like physical care, but also just like emotionally being able to talk about what was happening and like, you know, who was who was waking up when and who was checking the next thing and who was calling the nurse. And like, we've never, I've always been like the, a very caring person. I think in my family, I'm always like the person that, is first to like put their hands up to support or like help somebody out and I was looking after my dad had been like uh looking after him in terms of taking him to all of his appointments and stuff for the four years that he was sick but that last week like the unity that we had and even after he died you know that there's so much stuff you have to sort out <laughs> so much mm. admin and like oh. the funeral sorting out you know telling people oh yeah we can only have 10 people there so we're only gonna have x amount of people like means that we can only have very very select people we kind of like had to communicate so much that we had to build that communication skill as a family like because it's something that we maybe just didn't have there before that foundation wasn't there and I, I suppose you become a bit of a team like and it's kind of hard to like then fall apart like it's you know fall away from each other in that sense do you and your sister do you grieve quite similarly because we do have people who come on and they talk about their relationships like not working so well because some people feel really hard you know they're very emotional they're very open they really talk about their grief and then other family members especially siblings can sometimes deal with things in a completely opposite way yeah I I do think we grieve quite similarly I think it's it's kind of nice in a way because we both know say there's a um an important date or something coming up we we both know to reach out and to to chat to one another so so it's really helpful helpful in that that sense and, get, and getting back to what you were just saying as well no one tells you when when you lose a loved one how much admin is involved oh my god <laughs> like, i know ridiculous amount of paperwork death admin four days is so yeah. much so much work it's like a full-time job like i think we spent half a day just buying looking and buying folders and paper just just to organize things it's it you you would never it's ridiculous like um and that it just it's it's such a horrible time and it adds an, another level of stress <laughs> onto it having to yeah for sure organize, um and document everything and send things off and get things and- back even just like having meetings with funeral homes like who knew that was even a thing like I completely didn't register that like you have to like meet somebody and then talk about a service and then pick out a coffin and then choose a the- coffin like, there's yeah. so much more than like you I mean I, I just had no idea I feel like I'm was so naive before my dad died to like anything that happened when somebody died I just had no, no idea <laughs> and and the the financial aspect of it like uh, the, the funeral home were listing all these things and then you see it slowly adding up and sure it, it was um it was like wow this is a, like, ridiculously expensive dying um, is an expensive thing to do <laughs> like don't do it, it guys it really is and we we didn't have we didn't have an awful lot there so we were freaking out about it um it was yeah just kept adding up and the the funny thing is uh there was only 10 people there and they did the service sheets and they said oh well um 
yeah, we have to print 200. Uh, it's <gasps> on the thing. So you have to pay for 200 service sheets. No. Oh, my God. Like, we only need 10. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, that should be illegal. Like, how is that I, even I, a thing? It was, it was so stupid. Um, and, yeah, I can remember just sitting there, like, kind of sweating a bit at the, 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 the total oh he, yeah being like 26 years old and being told oh yeah this is going to be you know 12 grand yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no. crazy isn't it and like do you know what I read a book so after dad died I became really really paranoid about everybody else dying it's quite often like people are like get death anxiety and like that's mm. fairly normal so I really struggled with the idea of my mum then dying because I was like okay I've only got one parent now if she dies what's going to happen she hasn't got great health anyway like uh, am I prepared to go through this again and mm. I read a book called we all know how this ends and if you haven't read it, I would really highly recommend it. So it's written by a woman who's a death dealer, which is, um, for anybody who doesn't know, a death dealer is basically somebody who supports families who have um, a person who has a life-limiting illness. So we have birth doulas that help bring people into the world. You know, they basically act like holistic maternity staff and they support with the birth of a baby. And then death dealers help with the end of somebody's life where they kind of help get everything in order for their departure of the world. So it's written by this woman who's a death dealer and then a funeral home director. And they break down just how corrupt the funeral service business is because it's completely um, like unmonitored. So like there's, they can just make up prices and you can just basically do what like they sell you a package because you think that's what you have to have. But it reading it made me so much more aware of all of the processes for somebody dying. And it mm. made me feel so much more confident now in the idea of if anybody else in my life dies and I have to be involved in all of that admin, I feel mm. so much less anxious about it now because it's so stressful. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable. And when you are like, you know, I'm 20, I was 24, Alice is 25 now, but like, what were you 23 when your dad died, Alice? And 17 when mum died, yeah. Yeah, so like, without either parents by the time that you're 23, and like having to figure out all of this on your own, it's, it's just, it's like, le it's like learning a different language. It's yeah. so, so hard. When you were talking about um, your sister and like how that relationship has really like grown together and, mm. you know, how you're grieving in quite similar ways. One of the things that you said was that like leading up to birthdays and anniversaries, you both like really check in with each other. And I think for most people in the world of grief, will really understand like the level and depths of grief that you go to when it, uh, it when it is those like difficult dates um and I'm wondering if there's anything that you do um to feel connected to your mum at those at those times um so we we go to this this one spot um we we did it in August for what would have been her birthday um and it's it's a really nice um kind of river on Bodmin Moor um a, a really close proximity to where she lived and where she grew up when she was a child um, and it's just such a beautiful area and it, it it means such a great deal to the family as a whole um and my uncle's 
ashes were were spread there um so yeah it it's such a a massive place like in terms of family it means a great deal to all of us so um me and my sister we we like to go there and and we just we lay some flowers and we we say a few words for for mum and and we just um reminisce and and yeah talk about our favorite memories yeah it's, it's just all really all really nice that yeah so, so that, nice. that's, that's yeah just like the kind of special thing that we that we do yeah nice <clears throat> but um yeah, also, sometimes when you've got so you mentioned that your mum was cremated my dad was also cremated we don't like have a, a place for, for him like we didn't bury his ashes or anything like that and so sometimes it's just nice to have like I have a specific walk that I'll go on that really reminds me of him or makes me feel very connected to him so it's mm. so nice that you've got that kind of shared space especially somewhere that you've had uh, your uncle's ashes as well so like that kind of full circle yeah thing. yeah and like uh it's, it's weird more so I feel really connected to mum during like big occasions like Christmas Christmas is like a really big one um my my mum loved Christmas more more so than anyone else I know (laughs) more so than like her grandchildren um yeah she 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 absolutely loved it and um it's quite nice um that it's kind of rekindled my excitement for Christmas my love like I feel like I've got that from her that's That's so nice um so nice to have that back to to get really excited about Christmas excited about seeing everyone um cooking for people and you know um exchanging presents and um and and things like that with with my loved ones and yeah it's yeah I, I I'm really thankful that I'm able to have that tiny piece of kind of love that she had for Christmas now um it makes what potentially could be quite a a grim time of year mm, <laughs> um, for sure um just just nice and it makes me feel so much so much closer to her you're so beautiful and I think like that's something that we don't like talk about we talk about not liking Christmas quite often because it mm. feels like you know we're missing the table. <laughs> and I don't mean to point any fingers but Alice hates Christmas okay. um but it's so nice actually because I think sometimes in the grief community we can get really we can feel really guilty for enjoying certain things Mm. like you sometimes feel bad if you've had a great day because you're still kind of feeling like of course you always see life through these grief lenses that you've got now and you always see the life that you wish that you could share with your mum and the fact that you've been able to like make that connection and that actually you know finding the thing that she really loved and feeling more connected to her at that time of year and like you said she's such a family person so to be able to kind of honor her life and continuing to love that instead of not liking it because she loved it so much like that's such a nice it's such a nice thing for you to be able to do and yeah I think you know thanks for sharing that because I think that it's something that we just we shy away from talking about the things that we like to celebrate now that the person yeah. isn't here you know yeah yeah and it's yeah like you said it's, it's so easy to and and not just easy as well I think it's just natural to 
like you said, if, if you have a good day or you, you go a day without, without thinking of that, that loved one that you've lost, you end up beating yourself up over it. And, um, yeah. So yeah, it's really nice to have, have this one thing that, um, yeah, I, I feel like has been kind of passed down to me through mum. Um, oh that is really sweet <laughs> I also love the idea that you've said like your mum is the most Christmassy person that you've ever met like I can just imagine her like not that I even know her obviously but like I can just imagine this like crazy Christmas obsessed woman <laughs> and it's such a such a nice image oh yeah she she was bonkers about it um <laughs> her, her house at Christmas was like a like- grotto it absolutely was. Even the, mm. the toilet was decorated. Oh, it, 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 um, like, yeah, I, do, I don't go that far. But, um, <laughs> the, yeah. Maybe in a few years you'll bring the toilet seat uh, Christmas decorations back. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if if you don't mind, you know, it would be great to talk about like how your lifestyle has been impacted. I mean. Obviously, all of our lives have been impacted massively over the last 18 months or two years since the pandemic started. But, you know, how has grief really impacted your life? You know, has it affected, the, you know, any of your sleep, any of your dreams, the way that you, you know, have relationships with food or alcohol? Um, yeah, sleep and dreams are, are the big one, like um, um, particularly the first year. Um, no one ever talks about well, maybe they do. Uh, maybe I'm just not listening to those conversations, but just how weird your dreams can get after you lose a loved one and yes. how real they are. And mm. un- not unsettling, but um, just uh, upsetting. Um, and they really hit home. Um, I, I, was, I was having a lot of recurring dreams about mum after she passed and just, just waking up in tears. Um, and I know my, my sister was the same as well. Um, again, I was really lucky to have her because we would just wake up and, and call each other and, and talk about them. Um, but uh, yeah, just really hits you on another level when it's, you know, you can't even rest without thinking about it and without it impacting your sleep. And it is constantly with you. You're, you're yeah. always about that person. And yeah, that just felt, like it was relentless in the first year um and like uh yeah i was just having like a a recurring dream dream of being sat in my mum's living room and and with her and it was really really nice and it was like old times and we were chatting away just having such a great time and then coming to a a sudden realization like oh my god you 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 passed away you you can't be here yeah Um, and then, and then she, she she turns to me and she says, "No, no, no. That was that was all a all a misunderstanding. I'm still here." Yeah. And um, then I, you know, I throw my arms around her and, and vice versa, and you know we're, we're crying. And then I wake up, and it's <laughs> to, to have that, and then to yeah. have it immediately ripped away from you is yeah. is uh, devastating. And and I was having that like dream most nights. Um, and, and my sister wow. was having some that were very similar, if not darker than that. And, yeah, you know, you, you go to sleep to kind of help to rest. Give, yeah, to rest and, you know, kind of get a bit of escape from the real world. And, uh, 
you know, when you can't even do that, it's it just really has an emotional kind of toll on, on you. Yeah, it, do, it does massively. And like, you, you know, you said like, you use the word unnerving or unsettling. I'm not quite sure which word it was now. Um, but it, it's really true and it does in, impact your whole day, actually, I think, these dreams. And it's one of those things that other people around you that maybe haven't been bereaved or haven't had this particular type of grief dream. It's just something that I think that they just don't understand, like, the significance and the impact of. Um, and after after mum died, I mean, it is literally, like sick I had, had probably had nightmares for like about six years and um they have started to settle now and like the one thing the only thing that I've changed has been stopping drinking alcohol and I don't tend to have these these nightmares anymore although I do I do still sometimes but like they're not as absolutely relentless as what they used to be mm-hmm. have you found other than um you know like waking up and like calling your sister or have you found any other things that have helped maybe ease them or like you know prevent them or anything or is it literally just been something you've had to take on the chin yeah I just kind of took on um and after after time it 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 got a lot better um and they they weren't occurring as much and and now I'm at a point in which once every kind of blue moon I have one of those dreams or or something quite similar um so yeah it was just um a thing that kind of resolved itself not resolved but um got a lot easier over time um yeah so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite lucky in in that regard um yeah it's funny isn't it because we talk we've spoken to quite a few people about um about dreams and I really struggled with nightmares after dad died and most of it was kind of PTSD related because it was like because we had been with him like until the end of his life because we've been very much like physically caring for him and he had been very very frail and very very sick mm. like seeing him like that my brain could not obviously process that and we did share an article actually at some point but basically they explain that your brain when you go to sleep is just processing all of those memories and all of that trauma and that's like why you end up having these nightmares or these dreams. And that's why those people keep coming back. And it was funny because like, I'd had all these horrible reoccurring, like really awful nightmares. And then I had some really nice ones where he was like doing okay. And he was doing like, he was well. And mm. I was like, oh, I want these ones because I've had the really nasty ones. I want him to be in the dreams now because I want him to be well in them. And then he just stopped appearing in my dreams completely. And I almost grieved for the fact that he wasn't there anymore. Cause I was like, oh, but like, I did feel you there. Like, you know, I was able to hug you and you were well and it was okay. And now I can't see you at all. And like, it's almost like another loss. <laughs> it's like, it's just totally bizarre what your brain can do. It just like completely tricks you. And I think that's one of the things with grief. It's like, your brain is constantly trying to evolve to this new like level of of processing Mm. you know throughout your life whether it's an anniversary whether it's a new job whether you get engaged you know whether it's you know something really big or something really small like your brain's still trying to process how to do that without the person that you love Mm. so it's 
just evolving all of the time yeah yeah it's 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 just um so um intense and you know how how much they impact you mm. when you wake up and how it much it kind of affects you throughout the day um but um i i again i i completely mirror what you said about you know kind of wanting to go to bed because having a shared experience with someone you've lost through dreaming it, it, it's like reconnecting with them and it's it's so so weird um mm. so it's like a brand new memory <laughs> yeah yeah and it's the closest thing you can get to yeah kind of being with them again you know because you can see them there like you said you can you can hug them you can talk to them um yeah so it's so strange like um I remember after I lost my my friend um I I used to want to go to sleep so that I could see him because I I had a lot of recurring dreams about him as well and I'd, I'd look forward to going to sleep just so that I could see him again and speak to him and know that um with those dreams he would always say I, I would walk he'd, he'd be in the distance and I'd walk closer and closer and closer and then he would turn around and I would see his face and he'd say I'm okay I'm okay and just knowing that he was now okay after passing um it was oh. like it was so comforting um and and just to see him most nights was was really comforting and it was almost I felt at the time that it was him speaking to me it was him letting me know that he was he was okay and yeah you know, um yeah so it's, it's a strange one because they can be absolutely devastating and it can be a thing that will absolutely ruin your day but at the same time you can have the ones that are so comforting um and sometimes you don't know how much you need them yeah so it's, it's really hit and miss with the, the dreams I think yeah like you say sometimes you can just sort of get a dream where it's almost like I don't know just like a random day or like a random thing and like they're there and no yeah. one's ill and like no one's dying it's just like almost like a yeah almost like a new memory um yeah it's such a such a such a crazy difference and like it's definitely like something that triggers triggers your grief have you got any other um unexpected times when your grief has been triggered by like a you know maybe something you've seen or maybe something you've heard so a big one for me is is smell and my mum wore a a perfume that I only associate with her and it was it's called Lulu and and uh yeah she wore it all the time she wore it like um special occasions she'd get it for Christmas for her birthdays we'd we'd always get her that and I was walking um in town and I was just minding my own business doing a bit of shopping and someone had that perfume on and I had to just stop everything I was doing it it completely threw me and And then I saw that person and for a moment I was kind of really, really angry. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're not my mum. Why are you wearing that? That's, it's my mum's perfume. And yeah, smells are a really big one. Um, they really, I don't, I don't know why it's, it's so uh, yeah, kind of like potent and impactful, um, but it always gets me. <laughs> I just really smells. 
Yeah, no, I literally agree with you so, so much. And like, I'm actually really glad that you said that um, because I can't think of somebody that we've had on the podcast that's spoken about smells. Um, but there's something to do with the fact that like, because it is literally like one of your senses. So like, if you, you know, if you have that smell, it enters like your brain and like your body and mm. like it's a direct trigger like an, an actual trigger in your brain and like it's so powerful and like so evocative and it brings up so many like raw emotions and memories and yeah I think it's like one of those things that until you have it happen to you you don't understand how a smell can just really like whirlwind you into this like absolute frenzy of grief yeah yeah um yeah it was just it was a really particularly when I smelled that perfume and it'd been the first time I'd smelled it since um we we had we went down to the um the funeral home and we put some perfume on on her before she was cremated um so to, to smell it again and yeah everything moment like for a brief moment just stopped um it was it was so overwhelming um and yeah just a massive flurry of emotions um ranging from kind of anger that it wasn't my mum um yeah really really odd yeah it's funny you just like have to try and I suppose like it just throws you these curveballs like just grief completely catches you off guard sometimes and like sometimes it's not even something quite so specific as um, like a per- their perfume. It could be like their favorite meal or just something that you that triggers a memory within your mind of that time with that person. Yeah. And I, I just think it's yeah, it's it's just amazing how quickly you can be transported into the moment in, with that person just from just from that simple smell and actually one of the like one of the last things that actually I thought it'd be really nice for us to kind of talk about I mean you've spoken about your mum and how wonderful she was and how much of a people person she was Christmas lover clearly um clearly you love her so much and you can really tell that I mean this episode has been incredibly emotional I've had myself on mute quite a few times so that I could like shed a tear because I really feel for you like it's so so clear how much you loved her and um it would be lovely if you've got a nice memory of her that you'd like to share with us um for us to just kind of finish up the episode on um so it's 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 a funny memory it's it's not funny it's um it's not nice but um it was what I needed at a really difficult time in my life um I remember I was in Cornwall and I was going through um quite a messy breakup um and my head was all over the place and it was just shortly before I moved to Bristol um and yeah I was was processing a lot of information the the move was was coming up and I was finding it really really stressful and um i was walking home from from the pub and i was in a really bad state um i I ended up having a panic attack and having really bad nosebleed and uh i got home and my mum swung open the door and she saw me and um oh she just went into full-on mum mode (laughs) 
Uh, at first she thought I'd been beaten up and I had to say, no, no, I'm just, I'm just having a really, really bad time. And she took me, she took me in and she, she wrapped me in a blanket and um, yeah, washed me off. And she, she just sat with me the entire evening. Um, and we just talked, talked for hours. And she, she sat right next to me as I was lying down, stroking my head. Um, bearing in mind, I was probably about 20, 21. I was an adult. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for hours we spoke and she got me through that really, really difficult time. And we, it, it went from discussing the really difficult things to like my mental health and, and we were talking about her mental health and we really bonded over that. And I learned a lot about her in that night that I'd, I'd never known. And I'm, pro- I'm sure it was probably the same for her, uh, mm. about me. And, and then it went from that to, to laughing about things and uh, joking around. And yeah, this, this went on for such a long time. Um, but I really needed that in my life then. And I'm so grateful that I shared that really lovely experience with her and, and that she could be there for me um, and, and look after me and, and that we could bond over what was a really difficult time for me um, and it's just one of my favorite memories of her because although it was a difficult time it really encapsulates the person she was mm. and she she would just drop anything to be there for you um, she would give up any possession she had all of her possessions just just to be there for you and look up to you and that was yeah the person she was thank you for listening to this episode of the grief sofa podcast please subscribe rate and review to help us reach new listeners if you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on the grief sofa please get in touch on instagram at the grief sofa or email us the grief sofa at gmail.com